Welcome to Saving Grace Church, located in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Our mission at Saving Grace Church is to love God, love others, and reach the world for Christ. We hope that this message brings you closer to God and helps strengthen your walk with Christ. And uh, let me just say, if this is your first Sunday, my name is Joe, one of the pastors here. And if you're trying to figure out what kind of church this is and do they preach from the Bible, um, we do preach from the Bible. We believe every word of the Bible. This morning, it's probably the first Sunday since I've been a pastor, 12 years plus, uh, that we're not preaching from the Bible. So I'm actually going to interview Patrick, the missionary that you heard a little bit about, and I think you'll see it will be very encouraging and edifying as we go. So can we, Patrick, come on up. Can we welcome Patrick? This is yours. Thank you. <laughs> Have a seat. Thank you. Welcome back to Saving Grace Church, Patrick. Patrick and I spent um, a quite a bit of time together on Friday, and he uh, had lunch with our entire office staff as well. Uh, we introduced him to Hibachi, and uh, <laughs> tell him what you thought about that. <laughs> well, it's good, but a little bit crazy. <laughs> the, fire, the fire was scaring him a yeah, little bit. Yeah, <laughs> we would not like it when the fire is coming right next to your face. So, <laughs> we, so we learned that, that Patrick uh, doesn't like fire too much, and he certainly does not like shrimp either. There's a little... Yeah, the cream. white fish? Yeah, with the little legs. Yeah, yeah. not so much. It's, well, <laughs> they're white, but they have red legs. You're right. <laughs> he, he ate chicken, <laughs> so we're, we're safe. Well, let me pray, um, and then we'll get started. Father, thank you so much for Patrick. Thank you for the work that you are doing through him and William and their, their entire team um, in Uganda. And Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you guide this conversation today in, in such a way that um, this church would be encouraged and built up and strengthened and stirred and pray that all of us would be provoked to use our, our gifts and talents that you have given us uh, to, to bring you glory uh, whether it's here in Indiana County or, or throughout the world. And we ask this in your name. Amen. I want to read uh, a scripture to get us started. Uh, if you could project Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 38. Matthew 9, 35 through 38. If you come to church here, this is a, a, a passage that we spend a lot of time studying in the, the month of September. And I just wanted to read it because after talking to Patrick on Friday, you're going to hear a lot of things that will resonate from Jesus' words here in Matthew chapter 9. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, our Lord, he had compassion for them. Because they were harassed and helpless. They had inner turmoil as he saw them. Like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And as you hear Patrick tell his story of what the Lord has done and is doing, you're going to hear a lot of themes that are in these few verses. So let's just start with a, a couple questions, okay? Um, a light one first. Tell them how you are famous here in Indiana County. Tell them what life is like when you go around even remote parts of Indiana County. Well, um, I'll start by saying that um, you guys have, you've made me feel like uh, 
I'm home. I remember one time, uh, normally when I come here, sometimes I work with uh, uh, Mike Harrell. I think you know him. We do. Uh, <laughs> we went somewhere. He, he might not have recognized that, but we went somewhere in the middle of nowhere, and we were walking, and every car that was passing by, bye, Patrick. And I say, who is that one? Oh, I don't know that one. <laughs> I'm like, how do these people know me? Um, so thank you very much, uh, guys, that, um, most especially Saving Grace Church and the community. Guys, you're phenomenal. Thank you very much. I like it here, and I feel I'm home now. <laughs> yes. So this is his home away from home. You guys have done a great job um, making him feel welcome. And I know this morning we have a number of guests who are local to, to Indiana or the region that, that know and love Patrick as well, that go to other churches. So welcome to you guys as well. Why don't you start by just telling everybody how you grew up, how you met the Lord, just the, the story of what the Lord has done in your life. Uh, thank you, Pastor. Um, I know many of you have heard about my story way back before I got to know you, but God knew me before I knew you, right? So um, I lost both of my parents. Please, if you don't understand my English, uh, I apologize for that. (laughs) So uh, I lost both of my parents, and um, I had a young sister uh, who I was with, almost the entire time that uh, uh, the entire time after losing our parents so we lived on the street for one year and a half and uh, god used someone who had come in uganda purposely to do safari we know you know in uganda we have beautiful animals like lions leopards any anything that you could think of so she had come to Uganda, Papa said, to do the safari. She never knew where she was coming from her home that she will be the answer to the call. So uh, it was one time she didn't go to a, a safari, but she was walking around town and we met. And then from there, uh, I told her about our parents, how they died, and she started... Um, she went back home the next day, and then she dreamed of coming back to Uganda. The I think it was uh, July uh, 2006, and then she um, she asked she rented for uh, for us a house, me and my sister, and then we lived there. So during my time when I was living on the street, there was a lot of children that I could see. And I was like, I was 14 years, and then uh, my sister was 12. But I could see children of like one, one, one week, one month, a year, living on their own, and they are crying. Some of them die. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. For me, I'm, at least I am old enough, and my sister. But uh, it was all sad. I was telling the, uh, the pastor the other day that, um, well, I never liked that my parents died, but I think God was opening, uh, uh, was opening my eyes to see more of what is happening in the, in the country where I live. I know many of us, sometimes we don't need to, we don't need to go through, you know, uh, through uh, 
pain to see what is needed. But I feel like God uh, took me to the slums purposely to know exactly what was going on. Anyway, uh, the lady say, uh, started renting us uh, a room, me and my sister. We stayed there, but just because I had seen some children, I started getting the children off from, uh, from the street and then put them in my room. My room was a size of like a studio thing. And uh, uh, the lady, uh, she was called Sharon. I'm not, I'm not going to call her lady. She was called Sharon. So uh, she came back knowing that me and my sister living there. But it, she was shocked when she reached, the, she reached the home or entered into our room when we have 10 kids. <laughs> our first child was called Liz. And Liz, she was put, uh, someone took her in a plastic bag and then throw her on a garbage pit. Mm. Uh, it was like a, uh, like a, a dumpster. It was like a mountain. So she went all the way to the other side, no, where no one could see her easily. And I was just walking, and I saw her. I, 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 I started hearing the voice of a child in the middle of nowhere, because that's a dumpster, crying. Then I went, started looking for the voice, and I saw uh, a child uh, uh, in a sack. The more I could get close and hear, hear the voice, I could see a child, you know, dancing in a plastic bag. And then I got her from there and then brought, brought her on, the, on top of the mountain. Because in Uganda, even if you're right, the police will take you in a cell as they do their investigation. So I never wanted to be in a cell as they do their investigation. What I had to do is to take a child there and then call the neighborhood people to see to come and see and be the witness. So I went there and they, they said, we had so many cases about uh, the children. So I don't think that uh, we, we have any solution for this child. So maybe you can take the child. So I have lived with uh, Liz for over 11 years now. And Liz, she's one of the intelligent smart child that we have and she's always happy all the time hmm. and praising the lord how were you when when you got her i i was six uh, i was 16 yeah he was 16 years old when he brought his first child into his home. so there then uh, we had more i had more kids and then by the time the lady uh, sean came i had 10 kids but she had great news for me and my sister before we even knew, she was, uh, she was working with lawyers in Uganda and in America, and they wanted to uh, adopt us. So she came and said, Patrick, who are these children? I was like, these are my friends. Because it was the middle of the night, she was like, when will, when will they go back to their home? I said, no. I got them from the slums where you found me, and then I brought them here, and then they are staying here. She was like, Patrick, I have some good news for you. We are, I've come back, Papa said to take you uh, back with me because I've paid the tuition, uh, I've paid for the plane ticket, and everything. To the United States? Yeah, in yes. the, uh, Oregon, Oregon, eh? mm -hmm. right? Near, mm -hmm. Next to California. So, um, she said that uh, I've, I've come here just to take you back home, to take you back home with you so that um, 
you know, you'll be fine. Your tuition is being paid. In, uh, it's called Oregon Christian School, something of the kind. I still remember the name, but it was under Christian something. And you would have moved there permanently is what she yes. was offering. Yes. Right. And the next day, we had to go pick up our passport at the passport office. Then, like two days after that, we had to go for our final court orders. But before we went there, I felt bad. And I asked her, Sharon, what about these children? Are we going with them? She was like, no, I never knew who they are, one. Two, uh, I cannot take any of these children with me. But we can find an orphanage home whereby they can look after the children. And then you go to America, you uh, study, and then get a good job. And then you can look after the ch these children. To be honest... The story that I left was that um, my parents died, but my, both of my parents, mom and dad, they had brothers and sisters. And those, all of them, they had, less, they had left us and lived on the street. At the age of 16, having 10 children in my room, these children were calling me Daddy Patrick. I felt God had built a family for me. And I'm no, no longer alone or with my sister. I told Sharon, well, I feel like these children, are, and I'm now their dad. If I send them to the children, children's home, where are they going to be? How they, are they going to feel like? So she was like, no, Patrick, they'll be fine because they'll, they'll find their friends and, you know, their friends over there, and then they'll be fine. The more I... She was telling me this, the more I could feel like God wants me to Uganda and he has formed already my family that I could relate to. I told Sharon that I'm not going to the States. She was mad, honestly. And then she left that very, the next morning or that very night. I can't remember that, that part. So she went and uh, left us without nothing. And she was the only source of income. And she was the only source of contact that we had. And she was paying for your apartment as yeah, well? Yeah, she was paying for our, our, our apartment as well. So when she left, I took all my trust and faith to Christ. And I told God, you are the only answer that I have in my life. You took all my parents and in your word, it says, if we love you, we are to, to take care of the orphans, love the widows, and visit the sick. I am with these children. I don't know where to go. To be honest, many children uh, of like one year, uh, two years, the oldest was Mark, who was eight years. I don't know how many days they fast. They, they had to fast because I had no food, but I told them to fast. <laughs> but that was the, the only solution. <laughs> I don't know where to, to get the next meal. So they had to fast and then to see the next meal where it, it is coming from. So um, my heart started asking myself, should I write her, pleading her to come back so that she can take me back to, to America? Soon after that, I thought of that, 
I heard God telling me, you go in a better life or leave me? Where will you go? To go in a better life or leave Christ? <laughs> I looked in these children's eyes. I felt like God is in these kids. And then going to America, in Uganda, when, you, when someone says, I think to people like uh, Mike Hato and the family, for those that have uh, lived in Uganda longer, knows that in Uganda, they say America is heaven on earth. So, and they really believe that, right? Yes, yes. they believe. And yeah. uh, uh, if I say, uh, William, today, he were, uh, I was talking to the kids as they were coming to, to they were How's America? How's everything? How, how they, they think that <laughs> roads in America as uh, uh, gold. <laughs> we walk, you walk, by, we walk, you walk on, on gold. So, anyway, I, I, I had to choose that. I, I go with the children, and then she left. We had no food until God penetrated. How? There was a time I got a phone call from a professor in Makerere University. It's a, well, the biggest university in Uganda. And she called me and told me that I have students that want to do a research about, your, uh, about what you're doing in the slums. She never knew that I had uh, orphanage or uh, children at home. And those children, they were adults. They were 20 years. One was 20 years and the other one was 19. And they came. When they came, they found the children when, when they're eating, they are drinking only tea without sugar, just boiled water. They were crying because they had never seen a one-year child just taking that day, evening, morning, day, evening, at night. So they were crying, and then they, uh, they, uh, um, they started writing to their friends and family. Then from that day, even today, God brought people like Saving Grace to keep his work going than relying on someone that had come to take me. Hmm. So uh, today we have uh, 150 children that are residents and we have rescued from the uh, street and then we have 250 that are from the community Hey, Patrick, hold on a second. Kevin, can you put that slide on that would just show the whole Ruhu? Look at this, uh, not this slide, but that slide. Maybe explain what, how this whole thing works in your so heart So you all heard about raising up hope for Uganda. Raising up hope for Uganda is Ruhu abbreviation. So uh, we start, I started by myself. <laughs> I started by myself. That is Ruhu. And then God provided a ministry. And then we had boys home. It was just, uh, just a ministry. By the time they were still young. So we started with boys home. But that, that one had, had, a mixed, <laughs> had mixed boys and girls. When God provided, then we got a girl's home. Because there they had started becoming like... 12 years to 13 and above. So we had to separate them because boys, they want their privacy and the girls, they want their privacy. And then um, 
I kept still going on in the slums, even today, every Tuesdays and Thursdays, except when I come to America. Uh, I don't go to the slums. So I, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I go to the slums still to bring uh, love and uh, love to these children and treat their wounds, uh, you know, give them a meal a day, just to create friendship with them. Uh, then we, uh, we do medical, we do uh, medical uh, outreach with them over there, but also uh, we have, uh, which is over this side, so I'm not going to talk about it. So we do, <laughs> we do give them free meals and then we do me medical care with them. And then uh, we have a home for the young mothers the, uh, the and girls. we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. I want to spend some time just talking about the right. mother's home and everything. In so a we have the, children, uh, the, young, uh, the young mother's house, and then we have a halfway house, then uh, Village of Hope. Village of Hope, uh, that is the community ministry. We have, uh, we have, uh, we have, uh, school in the boys. Okay, we have the, the school at the, uh, at the boys, uh, boys' home, I mean, like right now, the school is a school, and the boys' home is a boys' home. Mm -hmm. Two separate <laughs> things. Yeah. So we praise God for that, for His providence. And then we have Village of Hope. That's where we have a church that uh, Saving Grace that have helped uh, helped us a lot to uh, develop. And then uh, we have a well that it was the first thing at Village of Hope that. Um, you guys helped us with uh, children's home chain back then uh, to bring safe, clean water to the community in this community. Would you call? <laughs> so this is a lot of different activities that Patrick and William and others are involved in. All started with Patrick at the top there. And I think you said that you have about 32 staff people now. Well, no, 23. 23. I reversed those numbers. <laughs> 23. And I asked Patrick on Friday, describe a typical day to me and uh, describe a typical day to Saving Grace Church when you get up, when you go to bed, how often your phone rings throughout the day and all the different things that you're involved in when he's in Uganda. Uh, well, every Monday, should I start with Sunday? Sunday. <laughs> Sunday. Monday. Okay. Uh, Sundays uh, is easy for me sometimes. So uh, I go to bed every day by around 2 and then wake up by 5. So, so we get about three hours of sleep. So uh, I've got to spend some time with the Lord every single morning. That is 5 to 6. Then 6, I woke up and then go to the school to prepare the kids to go to school. And then after that, uh, Monday, uh, we have, uh, I, I have PE. And then I pray with the, with the, with the kids. And um, then I then start to do several work for the, uh, to the school. And that's Monday. Then Tuesday, it's pretty much the same. And then uh, I do the, uh, the slums outreach. And then come back in the evening for the devotion at the boys, at the boys or girls Either way. Uh, Wednesday, it is the same as, man, uh, as Monday. But sometimes I have like official meetings. Um, people want me here. People want me there. And, you know, like <laughs> Wednesday is unpredictable. 
<laughs> because every every everyone I'm telling I tell them to go to I'll, I'll see you on Wednesday, see you Wednesday. So <laughs> Wednesday is unpredictable. Uh, Thursday, uh, the same time, but I also go to the to the slums. Friday, I go to uh, Village of Hope. Uh, Village of Hope. We have two homes now for the boys, and uh, um, we I, that's the time that I have to do the, the devotion with them, spend time with them and do some co-curriculum with them, like dancing, music, um, like that. And also, we, on Friday, we have uh, devotions, what we call like home sales. Uh, you know, like, like I said, that we have a church at Village of Hope, but God has blessed us with, the, with people that have come to our church. But we, do, we, we have home sales. We go to someone's home every, every Fridays. and then so like we do a the, small group study. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. small group and then uh saturday it's the same i teach um the sunday school at our church and then sunday i come to church and that is a full week for patrick and he is you're 28 years old now yeah. right um tell him why you continue to go to the slums every tuesday and thursday so you have a lot of responsibilities he said his phone is going off all throughout the day every day people want to talk to him a lot um, so why have you continued to go to the slums? Sometimes Nathan steals my phone when he comes to Uganda. <laughs> yeah, because Nathan it rings a lot when we are walking. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, I do go to slums uh, purposely um, just because that's, this is where my heart is. And um, I feel like this is where, where God's heart is. I love getting these children off from the slums and then bring them to the, to the children's home, and then sing them every single evening, morning, day, when they are praising the Lord. They don't actually look onto what happened in their lives, but they always praise the Lord because they have their dad who loves them dearly. So that's why I keep going to the slums, purposely to win those, those souls, that we are lost, that have no hope and love, and bring them to the home where the home that God has put for them to receive his love and grace and for them to know him more. And um, Patrick said there's about 4,000 In the slums, uh, the slums where I go to, it's one of the biggest slums in Uganda. It's called Tseni Slum. It's... Uh, they have just did some kind of sta uh, status, uh, statistics in the slums of Uganda. So where we go to, the over uh, 4,000 children lives on the street. And talk uh, to them about the drug use and just the different things that happen. Um, so uh, over 4,000 children lives there and uh, over 60% of the children, or 70%, I can't remember the statistics, uh, they are the ones that are using drugs just because they, uh, they want to run away from the hunger. They want to run away from, like, sometimes they walk miles and miles, and then they, uh, you know, step on, a, step on a sharp objects. And, you know, uh, sometimes others, they are addicted to it. So they, they take uh, marijuana, grue, jet fuel. A lot of uh, huffing to just kind of numb the... Uh, what else? There's others that I don't know in English. 
So <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I don't know them in English. And yeah. tell them what they call you in the slums, your name. So uh, in, in the slums, they call me Uncle Patrick. In the children's home, they call me Daddy Patrick. And then when I go to the girl's young mother's house, the baby ones call me Jaja, means grandpa. <laughs> he's 28. <laughs> I told him he's the youngest grandpa I know. <laughs> um, one of the challenges that, that Patrick was talking to us about is that there's a lot of young kids um, in the slums, but there's also older kids, like he was one of the older kids, and he can't always bring everybody back, though his heart would want to do it because of safety for mixing the older and younger. Um, and sadly, um, some of the young teenage girls are recruited for, for prostitution in brothels. And um, Patrick, actually, a new ministry sprung out of, of uh, the slums just in that whole area. So why don't you tell the, the story of Gloria? You don't have to go into a lot of details there, but then how what the Lord did in your heart there and how the, the women's home started. and yeah. oh, Sure, whatever you. you're comfortable with. <laughs> okay, thank you. So... Um, like I said, in past, I was working with uh, little children as, as young as weeks to at least eight to nine, maybe ten years. And uh, um, every, every Tuesdays and Thursdays, I could go to the slums. And I was looking on to only the abandoned children that are still young. But there was a time that uh, there was a, uh, this is years few years back, uh, this one, one, one girl called Gloria, she started coming to, uh, to our program, and she was pregnant. She started asking me, Uncle Patrick, I want to go to your home. And I was like, ah, I don't want to take pregnant women to the children's home. And then she was like, Uncle Patrick, take me to your home. And I, I, I explained to her, I could give her a meal like every, every Tuesdays and Thursdays, but she wanted me to take her. And I was always looking onto the resources. Pregnant women, they need, <laughs> they need more than food. They need, my, uh, they need to go to the doctor. They need to, to you know, make sure like, they have the right things when the time gets there. And those things are very expensive. Raising up hope for Uganda by the, uh, by the time, even now, we don't have enough. So I could tell Gloria, no, we cannot take you. So it was a, a night time, uh, in the middle of the night, and uh, Gloria went in uh, a corner, a dark place. No one was seeing her. In the slums. In the slums. And she delivered a baby. And by the time, she, when she delivered the baby, uh, they delivered, uh, she delivered the baby and they, uh, it happened that there was a dog that was passing by and the dog ate the baby. When the dog ate the baby, no one was there and Gloria was very weak by the time. And when she was, uh, when she was uh, weak, no one was helping her. She breathed so much, Gloria died. When you, go, when you go to the slums, my phone is over, almost everywhere. So I got a phone call, several phone calls in the slums. Come and see, Gloria is dead. Well, I was like, ah, what happened? Let me run. So 
it was around 6, 7 in the morning. I reached there, and then I started seeing the uh, pieces of a child. Like their, uh, her, the, the hands, you know, the pieces, pieces. And then they said the dog ate the baby. I had to, take, I had to get to Gloria and then uh, get the body of Gloria and then took it, took it in the mortuary and then prepare the, 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 uh, the, the, uh, the service of taking her to be buried in a government cemetery. But even now, I still think that it was my fault. I have that burden. Then I started going into the brothel, looking for the young girls. Uh, you know, it is very complicated, the way how I, I see it. Looking for the girls who are already pregnant. I want to get every child off from the brothel, but the problem is I am a man, and I'm telling them I'm going to take you to the children is home, and then they're like, how different are you from these guys? How can we trust you that you're going to take us to the children's home than taking us to your home, you know? Because these girls are lied to, so they're lied to in the slums. Yes, they're lied to. Tell them what, what, what they tell them. They tell them when, when you come to Kampala, okay, people who are lives in Kampala, when you tell them about America, they, they, they see heaven on earth. Then Children of uh, girls that lives in uh, in a village, when they t you, when you talk to them about Kampala, they see heaven on earth. As uh, uh, they see heaven in 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 what in Kampala, so it is the same. So uh, this woman called Madame, he tells them, you going to go to Kampala, then you uh, you'll be given a good house, you'll be sleep, uh, you know, you'll be working, and then send money to. To, the, to their family. So that's what they do. But once they reach them, they get them here, after that, they, uh, you know, they, they sell them to the rich business people in, in, in Kampala. So after getting pregnant, they send them out of the brothel, and then they don't know where to go because they cannot go back home. They'll be ashamed. And when you go to Kampala, and then when, uh, when you go back home and they know that you've been doing prostitute, uh, everyone is oh 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 you be a, a very big a very bad figure in the old community so you will not be yourself in the in your community so some of them they try to abort uh, others they try to you know uh, kill themselves and others they try to live with with their children in the stomach but they live on the street and they cannot help help themselves so that's when raising up hope for Uganda gets in and then put them in a the children's home and then once they once they are there, we try to, make, uh, we try to, to teach them trades. Sometimes um, when they are there, they, they try to make those necklaces that you'll be seeing out there, uh, making the bags. But after, that's when they, have, uh, they are still having babies. But once they deliver the babies, we have employed mamas that are, will be living with, them, with, the, with their babies. And then for them, they will be going to uh, trade school to learn more. After one year or two years, depending on what they are studying, then we, uh, we, uh, we give them like three months uh, rent and then uh, give them a little bit of capital and then they start off from there. 
And one of the things that Patrick said he prays for often, as do others, is wisdom and creative ways for these women to be able to support themselves. So actually after church today, there'll be handbags and different things that, that these ladies from the women's home are, are making to just to have some, some income as well. And why, I know that was a graphic story, but I, I want you to hear the, the weight and the reality of Patrick's world and, and life that he is He's one man that has this huge heart. When I, when I start with that scripture of the Lord or having compassion on the crowd as he walked through the villages, that's what happens. And then Patrick begins to seek the Lord. Lord, is there anything we can do here um, to engage? And one of the things that he's, he said, one of the biggest prayers is he needs more workers. He needs more, more help. And so when we end today um, in a little bit, we're going to pray for that as well. But I want you to just know how to pray for this man and for William, um, who works closely with him as well, as uh, they just navigate some really difficult and challenging things with the Lord's power, with the Lord's care. Um, one of the things, Patrick is 28, and he must, must have mentioned um, thinking about his death multiple times as we met on, on Friday. So tell them why you think so much about um, preparing for the day that you will die. Because I think it's really helpful and instructive for everyone. Well, um, it's hard to think about your death, right? <laughs> uh, but um, every day I think about, uh, I'm, I'm praying to God every day to at least uh, to find someone else that uh, all to create that someone that will be, once, once I am gone, that the, the organization itself will not be staying, like, go with Patrick in heaven. I want, uh, I'm praying to God that we get people that could go. My workers, actually, they're very, very good. Um, uh, I think Mike, uh, Nathan, and those that are, uh, Mama Kim, those uh, that have been to Uganda, and, and uh, Mama Karen, uh, you, ha- you have seen these workers. They're, they are very hardworking people, but um, I have failed to find ones that could go in the slums. Everyone is scared of getting in the slums because of the, you know, it's a, there's a, a, there are a lot of gangsters and all that. So they, are, they, have, they, are, um, they fail to really understand. When I bring the child, they are very happy to take care of that, that child, but they are scared of going there. So I was telling the pastor that I'm praying God to bring more people that will go with me in the slums and hope more children in the slums that when I die, going to slums will not be the end of me. So people could keep on going there. That's that was my prayer. Mm-hmm. And so his heart is that the ministry wouldn't stop, but actually would grow um, if he does pass away. He's not sick or anything, so we're praying for a long, <laughs> healthy life. But I think it's a sign of maturity in, on his end that he is thinking a lot about the future. And, and, and so one of the prayers would be um, like-minded um, men in particular who would have a passion for the, the slums and have courage to go in there. I asked Patrick, if he was afraid at times to go to the slums, you kind of, though he's small in, in stature, he is big in heart and big in faith. And 
you had a couple situations where it was a little scary and you just yelled at people and they listened, right? Well, I don't, go, I don't get scared of going to the slums. Well, it's just because, like, I normally say that the slum is my mom. He's my parent. That's where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after getting off from there, I never stopped going there. Mm-hmm. Um, I still go there and then uh, serve these people. So that... How many people they have grown to kind of, you know, get scared of me. If I say, don't beat your friend, even if it's a group of gangs, they want to fight one boy, I would tell them and they would just stop it and they walk off, you know. Mm. So um, I love the slums. Uh, there are some times when, it, <laughs> when, when they have knives, they have this, and, they, you know, they, they're going to fight. There are some times when I, when I feel scared, but I tell them, because of God's grace, <laughs> they go away. But you'll be intimidated a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's like, it's like uh, uh, Paul in the Bible when he saw Jesus walking in the water. And, he, you know, he asked if he could come and, uh, uh, you know, walk with him. He was intimidated. He started walking, but he was drowning. And Jesus see, see him drowning in the water, and then he... You know, put him back to his safety, which, which was the boat. So that, that's, that's me. Sometimes it's, it's a little scary, but that's okay. <laughs> One of the things I promised Patrick, and he did a little bit of it, he wanted to thank you guys specifically, specifically the, the Hartles publicly, and I think Nathan Williams as well, and Saving Grace Church as well. Anything you want to tell to the church? Well, um, yes. Um, I always... Each time that I get opportunity of coming to America, like I said, that Saving Grace uh, is now my family, our family back in Uganda. But I will not stop every single day to thank you all who always sends your team. It's not always we are sending money, you know, sending money to, to the poor. But you guys... Go on that plane for 20, 26, 12, 48 hours and then see how we are doing. And then you pray for us. You support us. I just want to say um, we came to Village of Hope and not knowing anything, but you guys have developed the Village of Hope. Uh, when we had just moved to Village of Hope, I think, Mike, you remember, there was a lot of child sacrifice. Children of five years, two years, were being sacrificed. We started building our first home, but we started, me and William, you know, you walk, in the, uh, you walk on the road, and then you find a child being sacrificed, the head is taken, and then you're like, okay, we are hoping and dreaming to bring our children here. What's going to happen? We pray to God, and uh, saving grace, church, Guys, you have built us a home, two homes actually, but spiritually you have also built a church. We, 2017, that's when we opened up the church. Through uh, 2017, up to now, we have seen a hundred people, a hundred people in this community who had no Christ at all, coming to church, and they are serving and knowing that 
Christ is their savior. They have brought what they, uh, we call them voodoos, uh, those things that, magic things that they use. They have brought them, Pastor James and uh, uh, Emil, uh, Martin, they have burnt those things. And those, mm -hmm. these people are now praising the Lord. And they have, they have come to know Christ is our Lord. Mm -hmm. Our greatest prayer is that we want to see more of people coming to church, serving the Lord, even our nearby um, neighbors coming to us. The, uh, last, this year, I think, uh, we had uh, a crusade, open crusade. I never told you how I got saved. By the way, I got saved just because of the open crusade. So this year, uh, we had an open crusade. Over 25 people came to know Christ in that very community. And those are the people, some of them, everyone could say, ha. Those ones, you can't even touch on their, you can't even get to their home. They have, they have their voodoos. They will kill you. They will curse you. You will die. You're, you can't do any project here. Because of God's grace, we are seeing those people are in this church, are praising the Lord, and they are not cursing us. The Lord is take, <laughs> taking us mountains and mountains and mountains. So, guys, thank you very much. Thank you very much uh, that you are bringing Christ in our community. Amen. Amen. Kevin, can you put Matthew 9, 35 through 38 back up? I'm going to read the scripture again, then we're going to pray for Patrick. We're going to sing one final song, so if the worship team could come up now, and then we'll enjoy a meal together. And if you're able to uh, check out the table that Patrick will be out at, or some a friend will be there uh, selling um, merchandise that will support the women's home as well. Now listen to this verse with fresh ears. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Let's stand and let's pray for Patrick and then we're going to sing. Father, thank you so much for this man. Thank you for rescuing him, for saving him. Lord, thank you for the, the deep work you, you did in him as a teenager. Lord, thank you for the immediate call you put on his life for ministry. Lord, he has so many weighty responsibilities on him. And Lord, we pray that you would give him wisdom. We pray you would give him refreshment. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill him freshly again this morning. We, we pray his time in the States would be um, refreshing to him and encouraging, and, and he would go back uh, with fresh vision and ideas and creativity and, and energy. And Lord, we pray for more workers. We're thankful for the workers that he has, but we pray for an army of, of men and women who would have a heart for the slums, who would come alongside him and even take it further than, than he's able to go. Lord, we pray that he would live many, many, many decades and you would um, just bear lots of fruit through this man and through William.
And uh, Lord, we pray today would be a, a day of encouragement for him. And uh, we pray for the kids in the slums that you would save a great multitude and rescue many, even while he's gone. And uh, Lord, we love you. We pray you turn our hearts to you as we sing this final song. We ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.